Hey there, Matt here. Before we get started, just want to let you know that we will be sprinkling some book knowledge into our podcast. Don't worry, they will not spoil any aspect of the story. They're just more supplementary. However, if you're a person who absolutely hates book reader knowledge in your TV talk, then this podcast probably isn't for you. Also, we're sorry. Anyway, here's the podcast. Hope you enjoy Dedicated to George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series. I think we're going to chase down some of that stuff and mostly just listen to you. And the HBO Game of Thrones franchises. As long as you're listening to my guests, then you'll be fine, brother. But as you know, <laughs> uh, from being a guest of mine, uh, listening to me is pretty pointless. You're listening to Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do. Do, 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 do. It says, aim on or aim off. Well, somebody checked that man's glasses. Um, he finally was able to read that wheel. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> there's, there's so, there's those, it's, there's so few words that it's printed bigger. I can see. I, I think, yeah, I think someone just wrote on that part of the wheel really, really big, maybe, but. Yeah. All caps. All caps. It's easy to read. Old font. You were using All Maester right. Kelvin's Pulses on your eyes. Look, 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 guys. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you that Amon is the guy. Even Damon is a little bit scared of him at that mm -mm. dinner. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Damon you... mean mugged that kid out of the room. Did you not see? He just was like, he like leaned on something and then Amon ran away. I totally disagree. I believe that uh, there, there was a look of, <laughs> oh, crap, I hope I don't have to do this on Damon's face uh, when Amon uh, looked him over and Amon was like, no, nah, I respect you. I'm going to go ahead and bow out. I think that, that that just shows that Amon, you know, clever with words, knows how to knows how to get in a good stick. Uh, and, uh, obviously fierce, of course, everybody wants to see Kristen Cole get beat. So that's not that big of a deal, but I think that this guy is the person that I'm going to root for, for the rest of the series. What do you think yeah. of that? I mean, have fun with the green version of Damon, but, um, I'll keep, I'll keep my black Damon. You know what? He had one little mishap of kicking a kid, a couple girls. Um, he was young. He learned his lesson. He, he was a, it was a, it was a good, it was a fair trade. He got a dragon out of it. And oh, dragon. where, where is Vayman hanging at or Vagar hanging out? I wonder what does he do with Vagar? Cause it won't fit. Vagar won't fit in the pit. So what does he do with Vagar? Vagar gets her own castle. <laughs> Just like, Alfred. like Vagar gets her own, gets her own realm for crying out loud the way I see it. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's have the list rattle off here. Uh, what about Amon really irked you this time around? Uh, because there's always going to be something every episode, and I'm going to have to defend him uh, every time. So uh, go ahead, John. Oh, Amon, oh, the the face you just want to punch, even though he lost an eye. It's just I I do love the character for that. He just makes such like an He's that mustache twirling villain that you just love to hate. And um, he doesn't, he's got the roguish appeal, but nastier. And it's almost like he's been 
poisoned from youth so he's just like he's he's just done like there's there's nothing you can do to redeem this character at all i mean the show will probably try to do it but but aemond is just no damon is definitely um i don't know what it is there's something about that character that there's there's some emotional touchstone and maybe it's because we spent more time with him that we can pull out those nice moments to kind of connect with a lot more because i mean damon to start was like he wasn't one of like we all have those friends like they're they're a bleep hole and you're like okay but he's ours so it it makes it somewhat passable you don't you don't necessarily agree with it that was damon for me he's our jerk and that's the reason why we like him where amond is just a twisted kind of like ugh, i don't like him i don't i don't but i love him as a villain he's a great great foil for damon and i'm amazed nobody has said anything about his spelling of his name. They clearly named this kid after Damon, and they're like, we can't call him Damon, but we're just going to just move that D to the end. Nobody else has mentioned it. I've mentioned I, it. I, I've heard it a couple of times. Okay. At least at least on one other podcast, for sure. Um, I'm not listening to the right ones, because no, Holly's always I think, right. Mm-hmm. And I think, But I think I heard you say it first, and then I heard it on the, uh, the podcast like later oh. on, after we recorded. So John was always right. Sorry, Kelly, I'm taking your punishment. <laughs> it's an easy one. It's an easy one. You know, let's be real. An easy sell. Uh, Kelly, what, did you, what did you think of Amy? Uh, no, 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 no. For real, John is right, though. For real, though. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great foil for Damon, um, but also, I think, for uh, Jason and the nephews, I suppose. Um, just because like yeah you, you know you reap what you sow sometimes and they did sow some torment on this boy and he's gonna give it back to them and he's spent six years apparently uh learning how to have excellent peripheral vision because every time he seemed to know what was going on he you, the camera never showed him looking at it um he was fighting mm. Kristen, and you never saw him look at the direction the camera never implied that he looked and saw his nephews but he just you know he's looking over here and he says did you come to train nephews and then he looks over at them. It was very bizarre. And then he did it again at the That's dinner when they put the uh, cooked, uh, the pink dread in front of him. <laughs> and uh, he was, he literally had his uh, patched eye facing Luke, but he could, I guess, sense what was happening. And he, you know, slammed the table and stood up and then turned it towards him. Um, this kid, he's, He's a force. He, he's definitely tr- turned himself into a force. And he's all of the bad parts of Damon, which make him entertaining, with none of the good parts of Damon that make him likable. Um, people will say, you know what? He hasn't groomed his niece, so maybe he's not as bad as Damon. Some <laughs> fair. Um, some people will say he hasn't killed random people um, that we know of. And, uh, you know, I'll give that to you. But, um, <laughs> yeah. It's just that Damon always looks like he's thinking about stuff and Eamon is looking like he's reacting to stuff or looking for something to react to. And he's just kind of on edge and it's exciting, but it's horrifying. So I think Damon is more likable than Eamon. I'm aim off, you weirdo, Matt. (laughs) Uh, Aim off. And I'm assuming Holly is saying the same. I mean, I think you John, said John, John, is right. John Kelly are always right. Yes, they're always right. Um, 
all the reasons they said we've we've had more opportunities to see Damon have more relatable and like nice good moments and see more redeeming qualities in him. We haven't had that time to spend with Amond yet. Um the little bit of goodwill he was accumulating with me, I haven't seen like it pay off anymore. So when he's still a kid before his dragon, he's talking to Aegon about their sister. You know, he like seemed at least a little bit interested in taking care of his sister. And, you know, like he would, he would do that duty, but I don't know. I don't know if that he grew up, got over that. Um, but he seemed to care a little bit more about Helena than Aegon did last episode. Other than that, I really got nothing, you know, he got his dragon. I'm not mad about how he got his dragon. That's fine. You know, he got to do you, but after he got that dragon, he was a new, he was a new man, a new kid and not a nice one. I think you're right about the fact that the have getting that dragon did transform him. I mean, that would be a ego boost, would it not? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It might also have something to do with losing an eye and there being no consequence to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in that moment, he was the one who said it's fair trade. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. It's like to psychologically kind of analyze him like he is. But he was still set off by the pig, by just Jace, like, laughing at the pig. And I wonder if it's because, not Jace, Luke laughing at the pig. And I wonder if it's because Luke was the one that, like, I don't know, cut his eye eye out that was, like, that was sensitive for him. But I don't know. I was going to say, this is the episode that's been my strongest dame on of -hmm. anything, because even though he did commit a murder in full view of everybody um i think if he's going to be someone who's a hero at sometimes during the story and a villain at others he was at his most heroic from what we've seen so far in this episode um i thought that uh his behavior in support of Brunera, the way they were interacting together on dragonstone showed a pretty healthy relationship and then his behavior with his brother was just uh it's so touching, just really sweet. You could call Damon sweet. <laughs> well, let's let's flip the coin literally. Let's put the uh-huh. D on the other end, as John says. Right. Uh, he just couldn't. Uh, was it the the pink dread reference from the from the pig that got put in front of him uh, with Lucerus laugh that set him off, or what set him off? Because he just could not let it go. He waited yeah. till daddy he waited till daddy was gone, but then he could not let it go. Right, right. And of course, this wasn't our first uh strong moment of him in the episode. Uh, we use the word strong. Um, but you know, out out in the training yard, we got to see, you know, him uh exhibiting his martial skills and also challenging his cousins a bit at that time and i saw he had a real uh kind of a cynical smile on his face when he saw uh damon valerian come in uh at that moment so i think he to me that was kind of a sign that he's keenly aware of all the political dynamics of what was going on and was amused Mm -hmm. by what was happening there um his behavior in the throne room the fact that he really uh seemed to find it pretty interesting when Damon did cut off uh, uh, Damon's head. There was real acknowledgement there. So I think, you know, we're seeing 
quite a bit of Amon in this episode. And yeah, um, I didn't actually didn't catch that pig part the first time I was watching it. But uh, yeah, it seems like that was definitely a deliberate. My question is, was that something that the kids tried to plan, like another little prank, prank, like pull aside the cook and say, hey, why don't you put a, or was it just something that happened? Now, I would think it would be something that just happened because I wouldn't think that Luke would want to, to really tease him that much after he was the one who actually was responsible for him losing an eye. I wouldn't think he would, you know, be wanting to goad him that way. And especially after he saw what happened in the, in the yard. So I think it might've just been the circumstances that the pig was put there. Plus what point, what, what kind of power would Luceris have over the kitchen staff anyway? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed a bit much, but, um, but the fact that, uh, you know, he did uh, certainly recall that. And uh, I think it brought back uh, some, some uh, uh, friction between them that, uh, Mm -hmm helped to to bring out Eamon's challenge there. Yeah. Best toast ever. I'm team Aim on, by the way. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> everybody's giving me trouble this podcast about the fact that I'm team Aim on, but that's, that's going to be me uh, yeah. until he does the next dreadful thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm probably a little team Aim off at this moment too. So uh, not that I'm not amused by the character and, and, and what's going on there, just like I am with Damon, but uh, I, I, for some reason, it, uh, I dislike the, the uh, actions a little more than I seem to with Damon. And again, I don't know why I feel one way or the other, because they both do some pretty reprehensible things. So. <laughs> yeah. And Lionel, last thing I'll say about Eamon is like, I'm sorry, but he is the war turtle to Damon's blastoid. Okay. Like he is a second evolution Pokemon. Sure. In a world filled with level one Pokemon, but Damon is still a level three Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> so Kelly can make a Pokemon reference and I make a predator reference, but everybody seems on board with the, with the Pokemon reference. Okay. Oh, I got it. Crickets. I don't know. <laughs> I, see, I got it. I got your reference. You did? Okay, good. <laughs> That's my. That was the vibe I was getting. I saw like Eamon stepped down because he he saw the his final form in front of him, and so he backed off. <laughs> his final form. Also, a Dragon Ball reference. I was going to say, are we are we doing? <laughs> is Damon? It's super super Saiyan Damon. Oh, I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, dude, I would kill. For that. I'm sure some nerd out there has done done a super Saiyan Damon drawing. I'm sure of it. If not, they will now. Matt was completely lost. <laughs> Dedicated to George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series. According to Eamon, Rhaegar th- thought this for a while as well. Um, shoot. And the HBO Game of Thrones franchises. Rewind. <laughs> You're listening to Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do. Do, 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 do. What does the wheel say, Susan? A Valerian interrupted, just cannot speak the truth. Yeah, poor Vayman. He just can't <clears throat> keep his mouth shut. You can call you can call him ambitious. He was overly ambitious, ambitious and everything. But I also respect the fact that he couldn't not tell the truth to Corlys about the ineffectiveness of the dragons, and he could not 
you know, here he just could not the truth that was right in front of him, even though it benefited him. And he knew that he would be called treasonous to say that in that court. He waited. He tried to stop himself. He just could not. I absolutely loved that. I also loved what he got for it. But, uh, you know, uh, but at the same time, I just love the fact that he could not not tell truth to power. That was beautiful. Uh, I know that somebody's going to disagree with me here. Who wants to start? And raise your hands, please. Nobody's going to disagree with me on this. There you go. There's one. What a dumb dumb. If he had just waited, like he like this is what every lord in the realm is going to be doing. Like as soon as Viserys dies, like what a dumb dumb. He just couldn't hold his tongue. He let Damon bait him, and now he is truly lost. Like he didn't play the long game, you know. You know, Damon. Like if you just thought the king was going to have your tongue out, like maybe you could have just had the bastard thing. But you didn't have to insult Rhaenyra right in front of Damon while he's armed with dark sister. You fool. You fool. You deserve what you got. Oh, oh man, he's so proud. Oh, he was yeah. so proud to say it too. He was so excited. Oh, he wanted to say it so bad. <laughs> but also, Matt, you're kind of not wrong. Like he was calling out the hypocrisy in front of him and he was gonna lose his line until Rainey said what she did about Bela and Raina marrying um Jace and Luke. Yeah. My man lost the high ground and he paid for it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the thing is that I understood why he would have these concerns, but I do think that it was definitely his own ambition playing up out above everything because, number one, we don't know whether Corliss is, has passed away or not yet. Exactly. So I think he's acting prematurely there. And then number two, even though he had probably just received a huge disappointment with the way things were going, the fact is, if he's really concerned about the bloodline, the, his um, niece, his niece or his great niece, I think it's his great niece, marrying into back into the air means that there was going to be Valerian blood that was going to continue on along with the name. So. Um, for him not to be able to recognize that and see that it wasn't going to be that, you know, the whole line was going to be snuffed out in this way just showed that it was more about his own ambitions in my mind. That's a good point. That's a good point. Anything else? I, how did, how did you like the bifurcation? <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, uh, yeah, that was an interesting choice they made. Um, I love that scene. I loved, I, I, I liked how my expectations were a little subverted uh, from going from the book to the screen uh, in that scene, just because, you know, we, Viserys is going to take his tongue, but also like take all of his sons and like his immediate family's tongues. Um, so, you know, it was kind of fun. Like, all right, yeah, his tongue's coming out, but then swoosh, uh, Black Sister meets his freaking head and it was awesome to see some valerian steel in action um it was shocking i yelled when it happened i loved it it was great this was fun fun scene yay violence raise your hand if you 
at the same time that Damon was saying, say it, you were saying, say, it. Oh God. Uh, yes, I was. And, and I loved Damon saying that line, say it. Uh, but it is weird because watching that scene, you're right, Matt, like he is not wrong. And it's so funny. Like only in this, he's just like in the wrong place, the wrong King, the wrong time to make these claims. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate, but I'm, uh, you, you know, it was the gnarliest scene in Game of Thrones. And the only reason why I'm putting emphasis on the word, because I literally said that out loud when it happened. After I was like, ooh, I was like, that was gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> You've never said that about any other scene? No, no. I mean, that was like the most metal scene. Like that looked like it would come off of like a metal cover. Like that, I mean, I've never seen a bisected head. That was, and then the best part is when Damon said he can keep his tongue. That was so, oh, dude, awesome! Like, yeah, that was definitely a, a Marvel line. He he shouldn't have opened his mouth, and now he'll never oh, be able to close it again. That, no, that wasn't a Marvel line. That was a Damon line. <laughs> Eggs, anyone? <laughs> again, written really big on that wheel. I could even see it. What kind, of, uh, what kind of eggs are we talking about here? Are we um, serving dragon eggs? Are we serving Targaryens named humans uh, named <laughs> Targaryen humans named egg eggs? Like mm. kind of eggs? There's so many. I don't. I really didn't. We. I see this topic on the wheel, and I was like, I don't know which eggs we're referring D- to. Duncan eggs. You're just talking about big omelets is all we're talking about. Uh, John, what did you think of the dragon egg? Uh, the way that they showed how they're uh, clutched and then uh, harvested. I want to know how Cyrex got in there. If Damon was struggling to get in there, how did she? But I thought it was super cool. It's and it almost looked like it's like a molten lava like um like pile. And then he's got to like rip it out. I mean, it was super cool. And it made me think it's like I get they have to like secure the egg because they don't want anybody else to have it. But I would imagine that the way the dragon lays eggs. It's, it seemed like it's laid in a fashion that it's like probably best for the eggs to hatch is the, I guess, human intervention with the laying of those dragon eggs. The reasons why they don't hatch or fossilize is kind of where my head was going, but I thought it was super cool. And I loved seeing Damon so happy. He looked like, honestly, like a 12 year old kid. Like <laughs> she laid more eggs. <laughs> Good girl, Cyrex. Uh, yeah, but it, it, I guess what i thought was really cool was a little bit of steam coming up Mm -hmm. as he was digging out and everything so obviously uh dragons have a natural way to incubate their eggs uh which is this right so they don't need to be put in a warmer by humans or whatever that's uh that was my thinking is that if they're using this if they're using this hot environment which is a volcano which we all know that dragonstone Mm -hmm. is a volcano more or less so uh that was awesome in the way that you know they all they already incubate their eggs without the help of humans um now at the hatching part i think you got a good point there it's like how how the heck would a a a baby dragon get out of there i guess for the targaryens the idea that they would take the eggs and have them to hatch themselves would allow them to work on creating those bonds for the hatchlings with the 
with individuals instead of just, you know, maybe having more wild dragons that were growing up around. Um, but it was, it was very interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, listening to some of the behind the scenes stuff they were talking about, they were kind of giving that to Damon as a hobby, like he'd been uh, investigating and working on uh, that type of thing for a while. So it was fun. Yeah. Plus, you know, uh, he's got another, he's got another one coming. He's got another baby coming. He's got to get an egg for it. Right. Right. And we don't know whether the other, I mean, he, he got three, so we don't know whether, uh, those, uh, two sons that they already have, uh, already have eggs or not yet. So it could have been for them as well. Kelly, uh, you love dragons. Do you love dragon eggs too? Do you want them scrambled? <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Uh, the, you know, the over overstock <laughs> eggs that they just have overflowing their house, obviously. This no. one's never going to hatch. Give it no. to Kelly for an omelet. No, no, the, uh, that's a really good point. I didn't think of that. Like this human intervention is and, and the methods being passed on or, you know, is it flawed human intervention being passed down errors creeping in? Or is this, you know, symbolic and prophetic? This egg didn't hatch because you weren't worthy or are we just humans reading into uh, human uh, interference with mother nature and we are reading into it worthiness where it's just an act of nature. I don't know. John, you're so right. Thank you. <laughs> plus, I did plus think he's... of one thing though, when we were, uh, when I passed it back to you, Matt, is I know why Damon's so happy now. She laid a clutch of three eggs and she's pregnant with his third, third child. child. So the eggs are for his, his babies oh my goodness yeah, like, again no wonder so the baby to come yes absolutely. very blonde babies very blonde <laughs> yes the no doubt of the lineage of these babies for sure there's no strongs here i thought it was neat seeing the nests i wasn't expecting that um it was like she laid her own little like boiling nest that they can cook in and then i and then i was thinking about sometimes down here in South Louisiana and other parts of the world too. Uh, people cook huge pigs in the ground. So I was just thinking about food like we mm. do South. Okay. Are you hungry again, Holly? Always. We like to eat. John, what does it say? Babies, babies, babies. All we right. got lots of babies. So we had a couple new babies that Viserys got to meet and he was pretty excited about. But we also heard about a couple other babies. We talked about eggs. Hey, oh, we did. Those are the babies that matter. These are the babies that are expendable. Um, we know Aegon has a couple kids, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Helena seems quite perturbed that is it Diana or Diana? It's Diana with a Y. I guess we could play the Michael Jackson song, Dirty Diana, for her. She don't deserve that. <laughs> poor, poor Diana. Right. But yeah, no, I just thought it was interesting that we had all these kids born off screen. We don't even get to know them except for a few minutes. Do we think anyone else is born off screen or will we get to see anybody else like kind of come into the world? Because we have a third kid coming. Purportedly. You mean the Plus. bun in the oven? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly's way too excited. 
I love I love that uh you know Papa Damon looking happy about his, his little offspring with his his Rhaenyra. Um I loved that the seeing the grandkids made Viserys so happy. Uh too happy. Got too worked up about it. Um that was a surprise to me. And then he horrified them. Oh, not his fault. That's yeah, the whole thing. Oh, and it's not their <laughs> fault they were They're going to be traumatized for life. They'll be fine. They need to get used to this. They saw a zombie vampire. You're you're right, Matt. This is probably the worst thing that will ever happen to them. You're right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You have not been paying attention to this series. (laughs) You don't do that to two-year-olds. We're near as right to introduce them. Is always right. (laughs) Because those little babies would have never met him otherwise. Yeah. I said that in my initial reaction. I said, at least I can say that they met him. Uh, <laughs> whatever was left of him at the time. I did stay up way too late last night making a timeline so I could see where all of the children, when, when who was born in between episodes and in the last, uh, between episodes five and six, of course we had 10 years, but we had like Jace, Luke, Bela, Reyna, and Eamon were all born in that time frame. So this was a, this was a, a a tiny time jump when we only had two babies born off camera, four babies born off camera at least. However many Helena had, we didn't see them on camera, so I didn't write them down. But this is this is this show's moving fast. <laughs> so were they now when they were doing uh, the thing with Diana? They just mentioned the kids. They didn't say them by name, right? Right. Yeah, now. she said Diana was supposed to dress the children. Yeah, multiple. Right. The, the, the clue. But I did hear that the website, their official website, I guess there's a family tree or something like that, that two of their three children's names have been added to it. Ah, so perhaps we will see them in a future episode. Jahara and Jaharis or something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, anything else about the, the fact that, you know, Damon's got two with a third on the way? All of these kids are coming around. Um, the, I guess, I guess what they're doing is uh, how, how many more time jumps will we need to age people up here? Uh, well, I don't think we're going to do any more time jumps this year, but my question is, are those the only children Aegon has? Mm. Well, if he's running around a lot, if, you know, if, if he's doing it with, with Diana, uh, who uh-huh. knows what else is going on there? Right. Right. So there may be more babies around that we don't know anything about yet. <laughs> right. Exactly. But also <laughs> off camera, we didn't really cover this, but off camera, speaking of the babies, um, apparently Luke is flying his dragon now, which I would me- think means us- we would assume that um, Jace is flying his dragon as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm. I think uh, Jason, I forget which Lannister <laughs> is the ship master, master of ships. Island. It's Thailand. That's right. Yeah. Jason's a jerk. Um, Thailand is uh, would say the boy may be able to ride a dragon, or he may be able to fly a dragon, but can he uh, command yeah, a ship or something? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, good point. Can lead a fleet. Yeah, I know he's not necessarily a baby, but what did we think about uh, Jace trying to learn High Valerian? I thought it was very unusual for his age that he was not as fluent as his mother. With his parents, with his mom and stepdad specifically, that was weird. I think that was something that was even more interesting was the amount of pressure he was putting on himself. Um, I was 
I was getting crown vibes, Matt, from uh, that, uh, you know, when Charles has to do the, the episode in well, the, the episode, he has to do the speech in Welsh. I yeah. was feeling very much that vibes from him. And I, and I also had the same question. I was wondering like, why, what's his rush to like learn this high Valyrian right now? Like, is he about to give like a speech? Like, why does he need to know this? Like right this second, why does he need to learn it in a day? Like she said, and then why weren't they teaching him this entire time? It could be a commentary on how impressive Rhaenyra was for being so fluent when she was younger. Maybe. Yeah, that could, could very well be. And I still find it interesting. I, I mentioned it before, but like we never heard Viserys speak Valyrian or mm. nor did we really hear Valyrian spoken in front of him. Like it would have been interesting for Damon and Rhaenyra to have a conversation in Valyrian that mm. Viserys I think that, I think heard. that Viserys actually did overhear Valyrian one time when the dragon, uh, when the uh, dragon the handler was reporting the stolen egg. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. Because she slips into Valyrian, but it would just—it still would have been fun to have Viserys like maybe over here or like eavesdrop on a conversation of High Valyrian between Rhaenyra and Daemon. But yeah, and for someone who's so obsessed with Valyria, like that, he has a full-scale model of it in his bedroom. You would think he would be like speaking it all the time. That's a good point. Maybe he taught Rhaenyra when she was little. Maybe. Yeah, it could very well be. The way I understand it is the reason Viserys was able to build this model at all is because he was studying old texts and everything, which means to me that even if he didn't speak it much, he was very fluent in it, in at least reading it. So uh, in order to be able to translate what, you know, what those old texts meant so that he could build his map or his little model. And I think with Jace just pushing himself so hard, it was just to indicate how you know studious he is and how eager he is to be a good ruler um, and wants to do well. Yeah. Okay. And live up to his responsibilities. Well said. You're right. I did say that well. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> always right. What does the wheel say, Susan? By the way, yes, I'll accept that betrothal proposal. Seemed really standoffish about it in the in the uh, Godswood or the courtyard or, or the gardens or whatever they're called in in there. Uh, but right. uh, then uh, she used that as the perfect sealer on mm-hmm. uh, on Vaymond was pretty sleek. Uh, so what did you think about Rainey's this particular episode? Uh, I was impressed with her. Um, I think it did show her political astuteness and she was going to hedge her bets and not make any commitment uh, when Rhaenyra asked her initially. Obviously, there's still the issue of concerns about what happened to her son. And I do think it's kind of a, a shame that they aren't able to share that with her. Seems yeah. like they maybe could have. And I'm wondering, did maybe, did Corliss maybe see his son when he was in the Stepstones fighting during this time? Maybe he was going to come home and tell us that. I don't know. But um, hmm. I was very impressed with her. I think it showed that she is much more politically astute than her cousin and could have been a great queen. And I think that the betrothals are uh, uh really 
good opportunity for the girls and they all all of the betrothed seem to be pleased with the prospect prospect absolutely well what are some other things that could have happened or what could have been oh the I thought this episode was full of with of what could have been from the beginning of this season. So many things. I mean, we started the season with the idea that putting Viserys on the throne was a decision that was made. But if it had been Rainey's, I think that this episode shows how politically astute she is, and I think that's something that we saw that Viserys wasn't. So I think that was an example, seeing how she was strategizing and being very wise about her decisions here showed that she might have been an excellent queen. That was one example. Uh The situation with Damon and his brother, when he picked up the the, uh, crown and helped him to his seat and so forth, I couldn't help but think back to how much it seemed like Damon just really wanted to be his brother's hand and regardless of whether people think he would have been a good one or not I honestly think from everything we've seen of him and different things he said and so forth that he never really wanted the throne but he wanted to he wanted to have that position with his brother and perhaps if he had gotten it things would have been very different if you know without the influence of the high towers and and uh, you know it may have may have been something where where Damon was able to to uh, work and support his brother, bringing in the fact that they were both very different people. They might have both brought their different abilities to it and been a good team in the long run. So that was another thing I thought was a what could have been. Yeah, could have been. Yeah. What else could have been? been? The dance with Jason Helena. The dance with Jason Helena's. You know, he couldn't help but think of the fact that, you know, Rhaenyra had uh, suggested that those two had been wed. And if uh, Allison had taken her up on that, if the Sarahs had pushed that idea, because as the king, you you know, that's that's where I think he would could have been a lot more firm about that uh, than he was with her. And I just think, you know, here that could have avoided the whole uh division between the two sides so you know that it, it was such a sweet moment when they were dancing and then again you know what could have been if they had just spun the two of them what else could have and been then i had one yeah i had one more and just the fact that if all of those children had been promoted to be friends instead of promoted to be enemies because you know like when when jace was giving that toast that you know, he hoped that they would be friends and allies in the future. The idea that they could have been if the adults hadn't been working so hard to have them see each other as uh, rivals and you know problems for each other. That uh, that's uh, what could have been very differently. What does it say, Holly? I don't even know how to say this right. Eric and Eric. <laughs> Made we say more? Um, we have two Kingsguard that are apparently twins and have extremely similar names. Not exactly the same. They're both 
almost spelled the same except the letter and it one is eric which for us would be like e-r-i-c um but they spell it e-r-r-y-k and the brother is eric a-r-r-y-k what that was them that were fighting each other in the courtyard right when luke and jace came down yeah, this series is going heavy with the twins. Like so far, you've got lots and lots of doubling up on. Yeah, <laughs> this well, generation. I mean that's Georgia's fault, right? Uh, for for playing silly games with saying Eric and Eric. I love it. Oh no, I like that Eric, but not that Eric. <laughs> At least they have a good sense of not to name them both of the Kingsguard. <laughs> So right. one's in the King's Guard and one's not, right? One's a cert, like a, a guard, no, right? No, they both are. They're both in the King's Guard? Okay, wait. They're I was both very in the King's Guard. So they did name them both to the King's Guard. Okay. Like, because that's just, you know, the way you do things. They come as a set. They two. Yeah. In- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Susan, we've got this debate going on. Uh, is it Eric or Eric? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And does anybody know the difference? Mark and Eric? Yeah. I guess I've just always done that from my reading of the books. I'd okay. say, I would say Eric and Eric. I don't think it's as funny unless it gets pronounced exactly the same way, right? Because that's the whole point of it is just to be comical. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, that's just George just doing all of these things to, to just drive people crazy and, and also to make them laugh. But right. uh, I, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, to me, they're Eric and Eric. That's the way okay. they'll always be <laughs> just because I feel like that that's the way they were intended to be. Uh, okay. I like Eric and Eric, but there you go. Now, I think that, um, you know, we were introduced to them, I think initially with, uh, Sansa in the books, again, I'm going, going to the books here, but Sansa uh, knowing a, a sad song that had been written about them or so forth. So I did mm-hmm. hear somebody talking about the fact that, Maybe we'll get, you know, because as some of the different uh, um, songs from the books have been made into songs for the different shows, that it would be kind of fun to actually get a, a song written for them uh, eventually. Oh, did- I don't have anything else to say about them. I mean, I, I actually, from your notes, I went back and looked to see them uh, sparring in the yard. And yeah, that was definitely them in the, in the background. Um, but uh, yeah, I had noticed that. I liked the fact that they, at the dinner, they had them standing on either side of the window there. Did we have Harold Westerling this episode? Mm-hmm. Okay. He was there. He wanted to help his king and then he couldn't. Oh, and he also walked in on the small council, like your guests are here, my queen. And then Otto was like, did you greet them appropriately for their station? And he was like, I did what you asked. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was messed yeah. up. That was messed up, Otto. Mm-mm. Westerling was not happy about it. He was no. very... He was, he was, you know, strong-faced about it. But. Do you think Allison was aware of how they were greeted before? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah she was okay with it. And then well, David told her something. I mean, they sent out Lord Caswell, right? <laughs> That's like... I mean, he might have been just walking by and he heard the yelling. <laughs> he's like, he hangs out on that stairway a lot, apparently. He said, Your Grace, I'm so honored to be the first one to see you as you arrive in King's Landing. Yeah. He just hangs out, hoping to pass Rhaenyra in that hallway for he's six years. He's got the worst time he's been, or the he's best. He's been hanging out in that hallway for 10 years. <laughs> Think she's going to come today? 
<laughs> he okay. hasn't aged any. No, he looks great. <laughs> he's, he's in good shape. Of course, that's that, when that you got Viserys as a standard, you know, then it, everybody looks pretty good for their age. That's true. <laughs> there it is. It finally landed on the one topic left. What does it say, Holly? The white worm. Allison's handmaiden visits Masaria. Who is Masaria working for? My favorite part about this scene was everybody last week, everybody assumed this was Damon going to meet Masaria because all you see in the trailer is hooded figure going to see Masaria. And we all knew, everyone knew it was Damon. Everyone knew and everyone was wrong. It was Talia. Saturday night. Yeah. Okay. Talia. T-A-L-Y-A. Who is um, Miguel Sapochnik's wife is playing that actress playing Talia, which is really good. Explain why she's in many scenes. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. It is fun fact. Wow. I did not I know, know that. I didn't know that. Uh, I thought it was going to be Damon. I did too. I, I, everybody did. Every podcast I listened to last week that like covered that part. Um, everyone, everyone said it. I believed it too. I just, that's, Wow. I, I, you know what? I didn't even see that. Some good so, trickery. Which is why we probably didn't discuss it last week. They yeah. played us all. I thought it was but, fun. Yeah, good, you know what? Uh, sometimes not saying anything is better because uh, that way we can't, we weren't wrong. I don't know what it means. I want more information because I really can't tell whether this is something that, uh, Masaria is gathering these secrets on her own for her own power. Whether she's, in, you know, she and uh, Allison's handmaid are they in the employ of, uh, you know, are they still working for Otto in some way? Are they working for someone else in the castle? Laris, you know, who, who are the relationships between these informants with? I don't know yet. Yeah, whoever's paying the most money. Right. <laughs> and it al- alliances can switch at any time, just like yeah. our alliances to some of these characters. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it was a, it was kind of a fun uh, trick there that they showed the uh, the handmaiden in that robe that a lot of people thought it was uh, Damon going to visit her at first. Yeah. And then it turned out not to be. And who do you think that Masaria is working for, John? I, I'm flummoxed, I'll be honest. I want to say Damon, but also like Damon's with Rhaenyra now and Masaria. Like, is she like, would she feel slighted? Would she be cool with it? Uh, we already know she had worked with Otto Hightower before, but mm-hmm. she's also reporting on the castle business, which Otto was intimately involved in. Or could she be just being like, um, a freelancer she's just getting info like she doesn't know how she's going to spend it yet and she's pulling a uh i guess master of whispers i was gonna say given uh how she seems to have upgraded her wardrobe quite a bit over the last couple of appearances i would say that she's just in the game for herself um but uh if she is working for damon uh, which would make sense, then he must be paying her a heck of a lot of money because I can't imagine her even tolerating him after the last time we saw him after his business with Rhaenyra uh, in the brothel. So, uh, you know, it, it's weird uh, how alliances can be made and broken 
buy money. I guess it's not so weird, but I, I just think, uh, given what she's wearing, you know, I think highest bidder gets, gets the info is pretty much the way that it goes with her. Uh, any thoughts on uh, the fact that Talia is a traitor? Double T. Traitor Talia. <laughs> yeah. Look at her go. Uh, girl, uh, she's got a side hustle. Respect the side hustle. Uh, she's not getting paid enough wages, apparently, at the Red Keys. It's treason. It's a triple T. <laughs> Treasonous traitor Talia. She's just reporting. Freedom of speech, man. She's reporting on the events of the day at the Red Keep. It's the same as releasing top secret information. <laughs> the Daily Dragon needs its news, okay? <laughs> uh, she's just re putting it out in, into the into the uh, masses so that they can know what their rulers are, are up to. Uh, she's going to be telling what happened to da Dana, right? Like, I can't think of what else Talia would oh. care about. I thought they were talking about the supper. That's what, for, but, but yeah, like what's that got to do? I mean. And Talia was the one who had the tea. She was helping her with tea. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, she got the tea. <laughs> she got all the tea. She got the tea for Diana. She got the tea for She's Masala. delivering yeah. the tea. She's delivering I, that tea. Delivering the tea. She's brewing the tea. She's <laughs> spilling the tea. Um, I, I think she I think she is not necessarily working for anybody. I think I, we kind of alluded to this already. I think she's really maybe she's more of the Varys character where she's she's working for the realm. You know, she's had a she came up as a slave and has had to work for everything that she has. And maybe what she does now is look out for them little peoples. So she will buy and sell information to whoever is buying and whoever is selling i wouldn't be surprised if she's playing both like otto and damon um mm, playing them I against like each other um what if a fun a fun thing would be is like oh what if allison was using masaria to get info on damon but like i don't think allison's smart enough for that but that'd be a fun twist well she's yeah. been spending the last 10 years trying to recycle herself after the incident of trying to stab the queen. That's why you've got all of that stuff uh, from from the seven hanging up there. She's trying to repent, baby. She's trying to enforce her piousness uh, by saying, I'm a sinner. I'm going to embrace the faith. You will forgive me. Um, and it doesn't look that doesn't shine very well with, you know, going around behind the, the, the heirs back and stealing uh, stealing information although it is her children that are at stake at least as far as her daddy has drilled it into her head so i maybe everything's open game no laris this episode no laris this episode is he's Talia the beast laris? beneath the boards baby he's the one that see he's uh, the, the rats are his no rats either rats there were no rats I just saw no zero rats. Although I, if I were a rat, I'd be hanging around Becerra's a lot. Absolutely. Uh, and face. Yeah, they will live on the hole in his skull. <laughs> they got so a nest. <laughs> oh, look at that. I got a nest in here again. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Mice and rats can fit through really small spaces, so you never know. Rats can get into rats and mice, but rodents are very flexible with their spines and everything. Yep. 
So by leaving Laris out this episode and no rats to even remind us of him, I feel like they are trying to get us to forget about him and focus on my Syria now. And maybe we're not supposed to realize that they are working together. And they're Ooh. trying to. Mm. Very good point. Cause I didn't even, that didn't even occur to me until you said, where's Laris? Feels like reckless specula- speculation to me. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Never. I don't know. John's right about this, though. <laughs> Not as well. Right that's as Kelly's line. <laughs> I know. This. I just want. I haven't been punished yet. I just want to be included. <laughs> now she's fishing for it. It's like the most foul mouth character she ever draws. Of she's like, I'll take that one. I. I have been though. I, I don't. Well, okay. I feel like I've been playing it not safe. Every you've been time playing it day. loose. You've been playing it loose. <laughs> That's good. Fast and loose. That's how you, you, <laughs> you got to risk it for the biscuit, right? You got to risk it for the biscuit. That burrito looks disgusting. <laughs> Kelly, oh. what are you gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right, but it's probably because your camera and the distance <laughs> and the <laughs> filters. Three words. That's where you try to describe the episode in three words. Three words is not that hard to do. I do ask, make certain qualifications, you know, don't just string three adjectives together. Try and make a phrase out of the three words. I know it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, I also absolutely dislike people just stringing a whole bunch of things together that are more than three words into a hashtag and then adding two more of those. That doesn't work either. I don't, I don't accept those. I don't read them. So don't do that. But if you do want to uh, send some three words, we would love if you would send them to us by Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, and they will be included in the current week's panel podcast. How do you do that? I'm sure you might ask. You tweet to at the letter B, the number four, the Dragon Pod on Twitter. You can send emails to Matt's audio blog at gmail.com. You can leave comments on the website or use the contact form at Matt's or you can leave comments on our YouTube videos. Please feel free to subscribe to the YouTube channel while you are there because that helps us to become even more noticeable than we already are, given the thousands and thousands of people that are listening to us, more like hundreds and hundreds. Uh, but we really want you to, to seek us out and uh, watch our videos because otherwise you're not going to enjoy me dressed up like Cersei or having to eat chicken all the time when we do our Seven Hells things. Uh, you can find our YouTube channel simply by searching for the word before the dragon podcast in your little search YouTube search engine. And we should pop up and uh, leave comments, leave likes, do whatever you want. Also, please, uh, if you're using us on a podcatcher or some kind of podcast app, if it allows you to leave ratings like star ratings or better yet, written reviews, please do so. The algorithm still keeps track of those and helps us to grow our community because you are getting us more noticeable. Susan, what are your three words for this particular episode? Yes, well, Matt, since you didn't like my contraction of what could have been, oh. uh, my other one was made me cry. Yeah, that's definitely one that would have applied to me as well. Uh, my three words were matter is settled. 
with a whole bunch of question marks at the end. And that was what mine was, uh, because, uh, you know, uh, Viserys had said that in the throne room and nope, nope, not settled at all by the end of the episode. <laughs> thank you very much, Mr. Tragedy. You did it again. And also thank you, Patty Constantine, for making me cry. Uh, uh -huh. So just like yours, uh, I got that. We got this on email from Albert, uh, who is Albert Godleski. Uh, I think it's A. Godleski on Twitter as well, but he sent this in email form because he had a lot to say. Uh, my three words for this episode are Shakespeare in Westeros. There have been plenty of dramatic moments in previous episodes, but Lord of the Tides felt like a full-on Shakespearean tragedy. The episode seemed to flow between grand moments and intimate ones between fleeting light and oncoming darkness, not to mention that bit of miscommunication at the end that I'm sure will have ill effects for anyone. Uh, it all would fit perfectly on the stage of the Globe Theatre. Yeah. Albert, thank you very much. I agree with all of that. Um, I did have issues with the ending there. Uh, but perhaps uh, the issues were, as you stated, intended. Uh, from the Cave Knight, uh, who we know on Twitter, or that's how we know him on Twitter, but he is Peter. He says his three words were dinner table quarrel. Excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, it certainly is what Eamon started uh, for sure. And on YouTube, our friend Nicole, who was in our contest this week. Unfortunately, she didn't win, but she did win a consolation prize. By the way, Jenny, you get a consolation prize as well. Uh, and Samantha is our winner of our Scenes from a Westeros contest. But uh, Nightwolf Nim, <laughs> Nicole, uh, says her three words are the Phantom Dragon. Viserys' mask gave me Phantom of the Opera vibes. I actually gasped when he first appeared wearing it. Wow. You know, uh, I hate to say it, but Andrew Lloyd Webber is not one of my favorites, so I didn't even put that together. But that's an excellent observation, Nicole. Yep. How about yours, Holly? My three words are, keep his tongue. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Great moment. Great moment. Loved it. I loved it, too. Uh, Kelly, how about yours? Burritos are good. Uh, handsome, wise, strong. Eamon's mm, dig. I like that. I can endorse that. I can endorse that 100%. John, yours. Cyrax laid eggs. Nice. Cyrax has laid a clutch of eggs. Uh, we got these for last week's episode uh, in a response to our coverage of that episode on YouTube. I love this username. Jade RR Dragon Lover uh, says there are three words for last week's episode. Worst house guests ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if is house guest one word. I guess yes. it is. All right. Uh, I need correction on the English sometimes. For the way you look, 
Brothelmates of the week. That's where you try to describe uh, what the best coupling is. It can be two people. Doesn't have to be. Uh, definitely doesn't have to be in a brothel because we do get brothel scenes, but we don't get that many. And there's only so many people you can choose from in there. Uh, it can be a person in an object, a person in the concept, or a person in a theme, or two themes, or two objects, or two people. Uh, yada yada. You get the idea. Susan, what yes. was your brothel mates for this week? The Sarahs and Damons. Again, the the two of them, just the whole scene with them, just tore at my heartstrings. So, yeah, I had to pick them this time. I do not blame you at all for that. That's an excellent choice. My brothel mates for this week were Amond and Wordplay. Uh, mm. Strong, uh, so clever as was pointed out no uh he was a jerk for doing that but i'm actually still team amond and will be uh for life uh he's my new hero just i'm sure uh that somewhere out there the amond of podcasts will be coming soon <laughs> all right uh how about you john what were who were your brothel mates this week uh dark sister and damon right on and together they so made a heck of a team the sword did not come out when they were talking about Rhaenyra's son only when Rhaenyra got called a whore ooh that's a good point I didn't think about that um in which case he could honestly say that justice was served cause she didn't sell herself to Sir Harwin <laughs> Uh, so uh, that was treasonous. Let's see, uh, Kelly. How about yours? Well, John is right, so that's obviously the correct one. The second best coupling. Uh, I feel like Damon really channeled me uh, for like the hundredth time this episode. And uh, Damon and eye rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Were you eye rolling too? <laughs> yes. Her prayer was pointless and silly. Let's pray for Vayman who got what he deserved. Come on, girl. Don't pray for your enemies. Good point. Holly, how about yours? Uh, I'm just going to reiterate and share my alternate, uh, just to prove also, once again, that John was right, because I had my alternate was Dark Sister and Damon's face, um, so it's really really close to John's. Um, but mine is going to be the Saris and Damon, because that was a top moment for me. Just that him helping him get on the throne, it I loved it. It was so much just watching their relationship culminate and they finally got it. They finally got it right. They finally did right at the end. And I'm happy. I'm happy they had that moment. I love it. I'm Holly, good. you're fired for making me cry. Yeah. Um, Holly's always right. Via email, Albert Godleski once again tells us, my brothel mates have to be Damon and Eamon. Wow. This pair seems mm -hmm. to be morphing into somewhat mirror images of each other or perhaps different sides of the same coin. While I have to, while I have come to root for Damon against Eamon, both characters cause me to lean forward whenever they appear. Their relationship to me, more than any other, 
will come to embody the phrase Dance of Dragons. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And Peter, the cave knight, once again says, Brothelmates for episode eight, Rainey's Valarian grandchildren and Rhaenyra's Valarian sons, soon to be married. Love to yeah. see couples in Westerosi universe that looks forward to the prospect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there aren't very many unforced marriages in this world. Uh, right, or at least ones that, I mean, these ones are, you know, made matches, but uh, at least they are not unhappy about it. Right, exactly. I mean, we don't have a situation where Daenerys is forced off to a Carl Drogo or uh, right. where, where uh, Sansa uh, is forced off to a, a Ramsey Bolton in the case of the show so yeah absolutely agreed on youtube uh nightwolf nim again that's nicole uh helena and toasts the way she was smoothly burning aegon was hilarious yeah (laughs) it was a good it was a good uh little jolt that she got in there Um, yeah especially with him making all those uh uh, body uh, overtures to towards uh, Jace's uh, betrothed. Yes. yes. Yeah, put him in his place a bit there. It's time for the game that every buddy hates. When love can make it, take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Here we go. Uh, 33 numbers this time, folks. We've lost some people. We've lost some people. Fewer numbers to draw from, which means that this darn random generator will probably give us all kinds of fits this time around. Give me Viserys. Give me Viserys. Yeah, but it's always fun, right? Wait, uh, you can't have Viserys. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Say, so give me Viserys. Oh, you can't have it. Well, wait a minute, Kelly. What do you say? Can he have Viserys? No. <laughs> no. You can't. What? But. That's not. Hey. He's saying what he wants as, an, as a statement of like <laughs> fact that he should be right or wrong. If if you were to say that he deserves Viserys, then yes, he is correct. He's I deserve right. Viserys this week. You're so right. <laughs> John, you've never been right about anything in your life. Kelly, you're up first (laughs) because you're the one that's paying a punishment this week. Here we go. Number nine. Number nine in episode. This is episode 109, correct? Yeah. Allison Hightower. Are you going to take it or are you going to throw it back? She's done me dirty before. I think she got me my first. Right? I think she got me my first night. Yeah, you got young Allison cursing too, right? Yeah. Let's try her again. She's gone pious, you guys. There's no way she could be a hypocrite and do something naughty. Never. Come on. It would never Kelly, happen. you are a brave soul. I love you. Your second <laughs> name, first draw. So you have an opportunity to throw this one back as well. Number 11. Unless it's instant death, but this is an instant buy. Ooh. Hey. 
Hey, karma. No drawing on that, or no uh, second chances on that. You automatically are saved for that one. So all you have to do is get Allison Hightower to give you uh, a clean episode, episode of not calling Rhaenyra a B-word, and we should be fine. Or saying a dragon's name. Or saying a dragon's name. Oh, she could still, I guess, order Very a dragon's nice. name. That's possible. Uh, let's go with you next, Holly, since you had to bring that up. Middle little Miss Doomsayer over here. Uh, number seventeen. Number seventeen is Missaria. I'll take her. Well, that's a good Holly one. really thinks that she's going to work her way into getting punished. Um, she'll get a name on episode ten, and then won't I think be this is. I think Missaria is just a wild card. I don't know what I don't know what she'd do. She's probably actually a safe one. But let's go. All right. So your second name, first draw is number 10 oh God. which okay. is princess Rhaenyra Targaryen <laughs> taking it or keep it I'm taking her I'm going to take oh, her wow. Holly is really wow. trying I want to be hard she wants <laughs> she wants to have some fun being punished is what it all boils I mean, down to John the, here's your go. first Give number 16. Terrace. Number 16 is Otto Hightower. Sure. Let's go. Everybody oh, Dad. wants the podcast to end and they're taking the first name they get. Love it. Uh, let's see here. Your second name. First draw is number eight. Number eight is a Targaryen retainer. Gotta take the Targaryen retainer. I mean, he hasn't let anybody down yet. <laughs> Targaryen retainer is still. Are they? Less throws. Come on, it's. It's, All a, right. it's a he. <laughs> my turn. My turn. My first draw is number one. Number one is Captain Randall Barrett. <laughs> Don't like it. Taking another one. Number thirty-two. Number thirty-two. I must take this one. Oh no! <laughs> I somehow still ended up because he's technically not dead. Oh. That's true. That's board. true. Wow. So it looks like I may have escaped with that one, unless he returns and fights the good fight, which we don't think that he will. But okay, my second name, number thirty, is Jay, mm. my gallant boy. He could definitely say a dragon name. He could yeah. definitely say a dragon name. I'm gonna go ahead and go with it. I mean, I'm the guy yes. who's gotten punished the most. Live dangerously. So I like living dangerously. Or deliciously. Just depends on how you look at it. Deviously. <laughs> how did I do this week? I didn't get anything, did I? You got off scot-free. Hey! As you should have, given, it, right. you know, you had, uh, I don't remember what you had last week. What did you have last week? I don't remember either. <laughs> Let's see. That's why you asked me, right? Yeah. <laughs> You had uh, Rainies, who narr uh -huh. narrowly escaped. She did not say anything. Dragon yeah, oriented. And you had Sir Stephen Darkland, who I still don't even know who that is. Yeah, okay. So you were completely safe. All yeah, right, I have Susan. Darkland, but I don't think we've seen him yet. Unless yeah. he's one of the King's Oh, he's one of the King's Guard. That's who he is. Oh, is he a Kingsguard? Oh, it's even yeah, less likely he that unless he's getting fried by a dragon or something. I don't think he'll ever say a dragon's name. Yeah, um, I think he. I was. I heard he was the Kingsguard that was with Rhaenyra when they came to the uh, to the Red Keep. 
So he must be out on Dragonstone with her right now. Oh, then he might say a dragon's name someday. But you are fine for now. Yes. Uh, we have reduced the number to 33. We now only have 33 names to choose from, which might play havoc on our random generator, but we shall see. Okay. Your first number is number four in episode 109, which is coming up. That would be Auto Servant. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I think you should. Uh, yes. Because, uh, how often will auto servant ever utter a curse a word yeah a word period they may even be uncredited although i don't have it marked as much this time around that's a pretty good start all right your second name first draw number 13 number 13 is lord corley's valarian this is tough because he may wake up <laughs> still being alive Right. Start cussing like a sailor because no he's kidding. No kidding. You know, I think I am going to let you uh, spin again for me. All right. This one you have to take now. This is I your know. second draw on this name. Number okay. 29. Number 29 is Helena Targaryen. Okay. Yeah. It's a pretty good bet. She seems pretty mild mannered on the cursing side. Um, yeah. I, I'm assuming she does have a dragon already, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that could be uh, a little bit dicey, perhaps, but otherwise, pretty good. No one got punished this week. Uh, all of the names are in, and we will get to some feedback next. An email from Albert Godleski once again regarding this week's episode. Hey, Matt, I have to start off right off the bat by giving this episode a 9 out of 10 rating. There were so many things I really enjoyed about this episode that I can't mention them all, but here are some of my favorites. Damon collecting eggs was neat, as I'm always curious to see more about how the Targaryens manage and care for the dragons. It was also cool to see how he and Rhaenyra have settled into life as a couple. The throne room scene had several great moments. Viserys' entrance, Damon helping his brother to the throne, and Vaemon keeping his tongue all had me feeling different yet strong emotions. Uh, speaking of Viserys, Patty has to be my episode MVP. His scenes at the feast and with Rhaenyra in his chamber pulled at my heartstrings so very hard. Give that man an Emmy. Thank you, Matt, and all the panelists for your coverage so far. And I look forward to hearing your discussion. Once again, uh, A. Godleski on Twitter. Give him a follow. Uh, and Albert, thank you so much for giving us your thoughts on this particular episode. I, I agree with all of it. Susan, you don't have any disagreements with any of that, do you? No, nothing at all. I think uh, yeah, right. what he, he said was great. I also uh, really liked, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, I thought that uh, Damon and Rhaenyra settling into a couple that, uh, you know, in spite of all of the kind of strange things about their household, 
them being uh, uncle and niece, her children being born not from her husband, you know, her first children anyways. Besides all that, they all seem, it seems like in her households, everybody is a little bit more well-adjusted, healthy, happy, including yeah. her children. So I don't, you know, something interesting about that. I agree. I I was even going to say, go to the point of, of it's like her and Lenore's relationship right. uh, did seem healthy in the respect that when she mentions to him that she's been letting him run around and do whatever he wants to do because she understands that he is him and he can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seemed pretty healthy to me as well. You know, we've got an email here uh, once again from Peter, who is the cave knight uh, who hangs out north of the wall, evidently. Hey, Matt. Great fun to listen to you and your panel interact and discuss the episodes. I am constantly impressed by the level of general Game of Thrones knowledge slash book knowledge and analytic abilities that you guys and gals possess and wield so well in your podcast. Your wheel of themes is a great way of moving your discussion forward. So please continue to maneuver the discussion in that way. And of course, the musical analysis, your choice of music from the episodes, makes me go back to the places in the episode where that particular part was played and listen again for the components of the music that you point out. Love it. Thanks. And keep it up, all of you. All right. Thank you very much, Uh, Peter, the Cave Knight, once again. I think he is at the Cave Knight on Twitter as well. So um, thank you so much for those comments, Peter. Uh, the wheel is new this year. I was just trying to find some kind of fun way to be able to cut people off. And, it's, <laughs> and it seems to be the way that works. Uh, and uh, then uh, as far as my musical analysis is, uh, you probably won't respect much of anything else that I say about this show, but most people do tend to respect what I say musically about it. So, uh, Yes, and I agree with him in that it, uh, listening to that does make you go back and listen to the music in those parts a little more too so it's great you'd almost think that i was paying susan to say that but i actually i am not all of my podcasters work for free uh but thank you susan i appreciate that that you do that too mainly so you can go back and say hey i don't get it matt i think you're you're full of it right that's why you do that (laughs) oh no Oh, I was okay. listening to that music in the, the throne room uh, right before I got on for you tonight, too. So, yeah. oh, excellent. I'm glad that you were able to catch that so that you won't have to suffer through it twice. Uh, now, we have a comment from Nicole. Uh, again, Nightwolf Nim on YouTube and on Twitter uh, says, Wow, Viserys stole the episode. Him coming down to the Iron Throne was such a haunting scene. It was heartbreaking to see him a husk of his former self. But the dinner scene was what really got me. His speech really moved me. And I think it really touched Allison and Rhaenyra as well, which is what's going to make everything to come probably even more tragic. I'm still hating Aegon and Aemon. Luke and Jace might be illegitimate, but Aemon and Aegon are rat bastards. (laughs) I'm Team Aemon, Nicole. You'll never change my mind. I'm am <laughs> on. As everybody laughs at me in the entire podcast. Uh, thank you very much for your comments, Nicole. Uh, again, I think that everybody here is under the consensus that uh, Patty Considine and Viserys were stars 
in this particular episode for sure. On YouTube, Nightwolf Nim, that's Nicole, who is one of the people in our drawing. Uh, she didn't win. Samantha won our drawing. But Nightwolf Nim uh, said this in response to our season one, episode seven panel podcast uh, when I was defending Amon. Uh, she said, hey, now, Amon started it by stealing Vagar. I'm going to continue to defend Amon. Yet, Nicole says, Holly is always right. But Matt is sometimes wrong. Usually, if Holly or Kelly or John are right, then it somehow circles around to, to defaulting to me being wrong. That's just the way that that goes. A Batman Panther, a person who's been commenting a lot lately, we certainly appreciate it, said on season one, episode seven, regarding Damon and Rhaenyra's relationship, said one thing that's lacking from Game of Thrones is an epic romance, even if it ends in tragedy. I feel like we're getting one in the House of the Dragon. I, I kind of like the John Egret relationship. I thought mm -hmm. that was pretty epic. Uh, I thought tragic. that Cersei and Jamie's relationship was pretty epic. And tragic. Uh, I thought that da tragic. Daenerys and John, you know, I, what's that? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. I'm just saying tragic, tragic. They're all pretty. Yeah, they're all tragic. Tragic. So, uh, yeah, but. Uh, I I think that uh, all of those qualify as epic romances, even if they did end in tragedy, right? Theon and Sansa, tragic. Kelly, Joffrey and, and Sansa, tragic. Mm -mm. No, oh, epic and tragic. <laughs> Kelly and her burrito. And Slick Hayoka just says thanks all for giving us the podcast this uh, time around in season one, episode seven. Wow! Thank, what, thanks what, for yeah. all of that wonderful feedback. Remember, you can just tweet to at the letter B, the number four, the Dragon Pod on Twitter. You can send emails to Matt's audio blog at gmail.com. That's M-A-T-T-S audio blog at gmail.com. Or you can leave comments on the web posts, or you can use the contact form at Matt's That's M-A-T-T-S audio You can also leave comments as these fine folks did on the YouTube. Simply search for the word before the Dragon Podcast on YouTube. Hey, subscribe, hit those like buttons, do all of that good stuff. We really appreciate it when you do because then we know that you're paying attention also we appreciate you guys viewing it telling your friends about us leaving reviews on podcast apps like uh apple podcasts or whatever that's also very helpful to help us our our community grow we'd really appreciate it if you'd help our community grow even though after a couple of weeks our kitty will not be back for another two years <laughs> don't forget to hit that bell yo get them notifications Hit that bell, yo, as John just said. <laughs> final thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, final thoughts. John, please tell me that your final thought is not hit that bell, yo. <laughs> no, definitely not. I just always love the standard uh, YouTube, like be sure to subscribe, share, all that stuff. It's great. Everyone's got that script down. And the new thing is to hit that bell so you get the notifications because YouTube's like, yeah, we're not going to notify anybody about your stuff unless they hit the bell. <laughs> <laughs> so not my final comments but no i really like this episode looking forward to the next one um and as we shall see and will forever be holly is always right oh i just i don't even know what to do about this well i've created a monster <laughs> you sure uh, holly um i love this episode favorite one of the season 
I think kind of going into it, I had like ideas what this episode was going to be about, but just it completely blew my expectations away about how good it was actually going to be. And I think that's my big takeaway from the episode. And I also, you know, as a book reader, I can finally say, oh, we've been waiting for this moment for Viserys to die. I love how long they dragged it out. Still wasn't expecting it to happen quite this episode, but I was like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen at the end. And there it went. And now, man, I can't wait to see what happens next. It's going to be crazy. Let's go. Susan, how about some final thoughts regarding this episode uh, until you have to put up with me next week? All I can say is, as I said in the very beginning, this was one of the best episodes, not just of... uh, House of Dragon, but of anything I've seen in the Game of Thrones universe, in my opinion. So I'm really curious to see if the last two are going to uh, be able to top that in any way. It'll be hard. Um, Yeah. It's weird. In all of the Game of Thrones run, everybody was always fearing episode nine, right? Uh And so now they've uh, given us another one to worry about. Uh, so it's, it's just like, you know, where, where are we going to get our gut punched this time, this season? Although since we won't probably won't know for another two years, uh, maybe we can recover. <laughs> right. Kelly, final thoughts. Oh, I'm having like Tuesday blues days. Like we only have two episodes left. Um, but they've been so good and they they're so rich. I'm excited for rewatching them and, and digging stuff out because I, I tried watching no necklace uh, specialties that I noticed this week. I think everything was just a beautiful necklace and beautiful costumery uh, did not have uh, anything I recognized, but that will be for the rewatch. Uh, so for now, uh, looking forward to more dragons. Maybe this was like the inhale before they exhale all the dragons for the last two episodes. I'm excited for that. And uh it was good to be able to focus on Viserys's episode. He was a great character, very well done, worth the attention. So I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we got it, and now we can penultimate, right? Oh boy! Yeah, we're getting ready for the big setup. We just set up the big setup. Is basically what we did. Uh, the the pen penultimate <laughs> uh, episode. Actually, what uh, I I just want to say this, and I'm, this is uh, where I will be wrong and. Holly will be right and Kelly will be right and John will be right. But I know that with all of the wonderful content that we've been getting in the last year, deciding who's even getting nominated for an Emmy uh, will be very, very difficult. But I would love to see Patty Considine uh, get a nomination at least because to take five minutes and who knows how many hours of takes to do that stroll across the throne room deserves an Emmy all by itself, in my opinion. Um, here's a guy who is very healthy, very happy, uh, who just made me drop to the floor and cry. That's all we got. Bye-bye. <laughs>